All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locksmith Podcast, hosted by John Luke Bongiorno. This is going to be for the UFC Columbus fight card, uh, Blades versus Dawkins. And just to give a quick recap of last week, UFC London, we had uh, a great week, 16 and a half units, one of our best weeks yet. Uh, we hit our five-unit best bet, Arnold Allen Moneyline. That cashed very easily. We hit our lotto parlay at uh, plus 570, and we hit the smart parlay at plus 350. Our straights went 10-3, and three, so overall a very, very good weekend, and I'm going to look to repeat that this weekend as well with this fight card coming up. So uh, first fight on the card is going to be a featherweight bout between Luis Saldana and Bruno Souza. This is a fight I would stay away from. Uh, the odds are essentially a pick on minus 105. Saldana side, minus 115 on the Souza side. Uh, they actually flipped. Saldana was a slight favorite. Now he's a slight, slight dog. This is two strikers. Um, no takedowns average uh, in the UFC. A slight advantage in height and reach on the Saldana side. Um, he puts out more. And I actually like him in this fight. Um, I, I, I wouldn't really touch it besides a straight. I definitely would not parlay this with anything. But I think Saldana gets it done. I think he gets it done by second round TKO. I think he's a bit more bit more polished of a striker than Souza. Um, Souza tends to, you know, fight very wildly. But both of these guys are inexperienced. I'd say Saldana has a slight experience side. But um, I would I would take the, the Saldana side. But I, I definitely wouldn't, you know, I'm just not a very, very confident pick. But definitely Saldana uh, would be my play. Next fight is a flyweight fight. Uh, David Dvorak versus Mateus Nicolau. And the odds, minus 120 now on Dvorak, plus 100, Nikolaus. So they've come down a lot. Dvorak was minus 160 uh, just a couple days ago. And I am actually going to be on the Dvorak side here. Um, I like him more as a striker. And Nikolau has more ways to win this fight. <clears throat> but I don't think he's going to utilize them as well. Um, I think Dvorak is going to keep this fight standing on the feet. And I think he's going to have his way. Uh, on the feet. If the fight does go to the mat, I could see Nikolau getting him out of there with the submission, but I do not. I think Dvorak puts out more. He's got a height advantage. Or no, he has a height disadvantage, but he has the reach advantage in this fight. Unusual, but he puts out almost one more uh, strike landed per minute. Um, his accuracy isn't as good, but he does put out more, and I, I think he's the more polished striker. I think he's the more experienced striker. But once again, Nikolau can get this to the mat, but I'm trusting in Dvorak's uh, takedown defense. And he's got a 20-3 and three record, so we know he's a good fighter. Nikolau has a 17-3 and three record himself. But for this fight, I do like Dvorak to get it done. Um, you know, it's a solid... I think this is going to be a good fight. Um, I don't think it should be the second fight on the card. I think it's something that you guys should keep your, you know, keep your eye out for. I think it's going to be a really, really solid, um, a good fight competitive fight and it's it's a fight that I'm definitely looking forward to um, so next up <coughs> excuse me um, Man and Fyra and Jennifer Maya don't know why this card is on the prelims don't know why it's on the early prelims um, but Man and Fyra minus 440 Jennifer Maya the former title challenger plus 340 and I am going with Fyra all day long um, she's got a three-inch height advantage, one-inch reach advantage. She puts out seven 
she lands seven significant strikes per minute. She has a higher takedown average than Maya. Uh, Maya is a boxer, and if she stands up with Fire Rot, we've seen what can happen there. Fire Rot has really, really good power in her hands, um, and I think she could put out Maya. Um, Maya's tough, so I could see this going the full 15. Uh, if Maya does take her down, I mean, we saw her whole Valentina Shevchenko down for a round, but I don't know. I, I just don't see that happening here. Um, I think people are, you know, seeing that Fyrot's going to, you know, win this fight with the line being that way. I was hoping I could get a better price on her, you know, minus 340 instead of 440 or minus even 300. But she will be using a parlay piece, I can tell you that right now. Um, I like her straight up. I like her by finish. And I like her as a parlay piece here in this fight. Now moving on up the card, we have the biggest favorite on the card, uh, how do you even say this name? Alice, Alice Kebab Kizriev, uh, Russian, versus another Russian, Denis Tululunin. Um, minus 625 on the Kizriev side, and I don't think this fight's going to be close. Um, this is Tululunin's UFC debut. He's 10 and 5. Kizriev 13 and 0. This fight shouldn't be close. Um, I don't really even have much to say. I mean, Kizriev lands six significant strikes per minute. He has a 83% significant strike accuracy. I think he's going to knock out Tululunin in the first round. Um, I don't see this fight being necessarily close. Um, definitely could use Kizriev as a parlay piece if you want to. I know the price is too high, so I would take him by finish. Uh, I don't think that this other guy should even be in the octagon with him. So that's definitely the pick is uh, Kizriev at minus 625, but you can get him by finish. Let me look at that right now. I don't even know if they have the odds posted for it yet. Um, the card isn't for the next couple days. And I don't believe they'll have it for a premium fight. Yeah, they don't. So uh, I would wait till that number comes out. And if it's anywhere, if it's minus like 300 or better, I'd actually kind of be all over that number. And i definitely use that as a parlay piece instead of his money line straight up. So yeah, that's going to be the pick there is Kizria by first round finish. Up the card we go. Um... We have Bat Geraldana versus Chris Gutierrez, Bantamweight fight. Um, Dana, uh, minus 150 favorite. Gutierrez, plus 125. Uh, height advantage, Gutierrez, but a three-inch reach advantage on the Dana side. Dana puts out more on the feet. Um, doesn't land as, as uh, at a high rank. And we saw, you know, he knocked out Guido Canetti, I know. Um, he also beat Brandon Davis by KO. Decent wins. Um, on the Gutierrez side, you know, I think he, I'm almost positive he beat Vince Morales. Yes, he did by KO. Um, I want to be on the Dana side here, I think. Um, I like the guys who put out more. I, I think, you know, his cardio is going to hold up a little bit better than Gutierrez is. Um, and I like him by finish. You know, you look at both of these guys, they both finish fights. I like him by second round KO. Um, Dan has finished his last three fights, actually, by first round KO. I like this one to go a little bit farther. I think Gutierrez is a bit of a step up in competition. So I'm going to go with uh, Dana here by second round KO. Um, am I looking to bet this one in a parlay or, you know, am I, am I confident in this pick? No. Um, but... I do like him to get the job done. I may straight bet him. I don't know yet. 
Um, but yes, yeah, so I do like Dana here, but I don't love him. And now moving on up, we have, I believe, yes, Sarah McMahon versus Carol Rosa, striker versus wrestler. Um, McMahon's going to need to get this fight to the ground if she wants to stand a chance. Rosa, uh, Rosa's more well-rounded of a fighter here, much more well-rounded. 15-3 um, and three record. And you look at some of her most recent performances, you know, beating... Um, Beating Jocelyn Edwards by unanimous decision. She's a decision machine. Um, so I don't think she gets a finish here. Especially, you know, you saw Sarah McMahon, also Juliana Pena. That lost age pretty well. But that was a while ago. She hasn't fought since. So it's been over a year here. Um, you know, she fought She fought Kellen Vieira um, a, a long time ago. Four years, five years ago now. Um, she's two and three in her last five. I don't think she's had a chance in this matchup. And getting Rosa at minus 220 odds here I think is really, really good. Um, I would take her by decision. I think she's going to outland her. I think she's going to be able to stuff the takedowns. I actually really like Rosa in this fight. Um, she's a slight reach advantage. Nothing crazy, though. But I do think that she's going to be able to stuff those takedowns and of McMahon. And I think she's going to keep this fight standing. And even if it does go to the mat, I can see her getting up. Uh, but I don't think it will. And if it does, you know, like I said, I can see it going up back up to the feet where she will have a clear advantage over Sarah McMahon. Um, McMahon does, you know, average four takedowns per fight, but like I said, she just, the inactivity is too much for me. I, I don't like her in this fight. Um, she's 2-3 in her last five. That's never a good sign. So I'm going to go on the Rosa side here. Uh, official pick, I'll go Rosa by decision. Next fight on the uh, prelims, for some reason this fight's on the prelims, is Neil Magny and Max Payne Griffin. Magny with the 4-inch height advantage and the 4-inch reach advantage. Um, I'm going Neil Magny here at minus 240. I know that the price is heavy, but I know that, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of power on the Max Griffin side. You know, he could put the lights out whenever he wants, but having that 4-inch reach disadvantage is going to play a big role in this fight. You look at, you know, some of Neil Magny's wins recently. Jeff Neal, good win. Uh, ruthless Robbie Lawler, solid win. Lee Jing Liang, that age well, that win. Lost to Michael Chiesa um, by unanimous decision in a fight where he really got laid on top on for uh, for five rounds. But yeah, I, I do like I do like Neil Magny in this fight. I think he's a way more experienced fighter. You listen, look, listen to some of the names he's fought. Um, you know, very very good guys. Max Griffin, you know, he beat Carlos Condit and he beat you know Ramiz Brahimaj. Lost to you know Alex Oliveira. I mean. You know, that loss has aged terribly. Um, you know, I, I don't think that he's as elite as people give him, you know, say he is. Lost to Alex Morono, who's a good fighter. Um, but, yeah, I just I don't think that Max Griffin has much here for Neil Magny, especially with that four inches of reach and height disadvantage. I really like Neil Magny. Um, he's a, you know, he's a BMF. You know, he's, gonna, he, he's always offered to fight, you know, Kamzat. Uh you know, which I think speaks volumes about the type of man he is, the type of fighter he is. And that's why I really like him in this matchup. Uh, so I'd be looking to parlay Magny. I'd be looking to straight bet him. I'll take Magny by decision. Uh, I think that's a really good prop. If you can get that anywhere, if you can get that at plus money, I would take that. I feel like there's very, very good value on that. Um, but, yeah, the official play here is going to be Magny by decision. I think he gets it done. I think he... You know, I think he wrestles. I think he uses wrestling here. I think he can strike with them. I, I think he's way more well-rounded. And I think this is going to be a, a really good performance from Neil Magny. 
Now moving on to the main card, we have um, Mark Diakise, and we have Vichaslav Boreshev. Uh, crazy name, but I like Boreshev. He does that like cool Russian dance whenever he wins. Um, he's a finisher. You know, his last four wins, the last four fights have come all by knockout. Um, he's got the, you know, he, he throws a lot. He really does. Um, throws six, and he's lands six significant strikes per minute, doubling his opponent's output. He's got a reach disadvantage here, but like I said, I think he's going to be able to get up to the inside, and I think he's got a lot of power in his hands. The thing that does concern me is the wrestling. We really haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't know if he's going to be able to, you know, stuff those takedowns and keep the fight standing. But I'm going to trust him at minus 160 here to get the job done. I'm going to parlay him. Um, yeah, I, I do like him to get this job done. Um, you know, I, I just think he's going to be the better fighter here. I think he's got he's got the power advantage. I think he has a speed advantage as well. I just I, I do worry about that wrestling, but I'm going to trust in him. Uh to get this job done, I'm going to go Borshev by first round KO. And now we go to a fight that should not be on the main card, Ilya Latifi versus Alexi Olenek. I'm going to go with the boa constrictor, Alexi Olenek here. I don't, I don't, I mean, you know, it's like a, it's a weird fight. Both of these guys are way, you know, past their time. Um, but I don't see Latifi even really having an advantage anywhere in this fight. Striking-wise, like, I, he has power, but at... Like, 800 years old, both of these guys don't really put any output out there. You know, they're going to both gas out. And I think that's where Latifi's going to shoot for a takedown. And Olenek on the mat is as good as anybody in the heavyweight division. Um, you know, he he really looks for the submission, and he gets it a lot. And, you know, you look at some of the guys. You know, first of all, Olenek's had, like, 75 fights. Um, you know, he beat Fabrizio Verdun. He, he's got, you know, good wins. He beat Mark Hunt. Granted, these are a long time ago, but he beat Travis Brown. Um, you know, lost... I mean, look at the guys he's lost to, though. It's like, he's lost to guys like Chris Dawkins, Derek Lewis, Sergey Spivak, Wal Harris, Alice Overing, and Curtis Blades. You know, these guys are, are all really, really good fighters, and I, I don't think Ilir Latifi is, you know, anything to, anything to really say, you know, he's great. You know, lost to Derek Lewis, lost to Volkanoz Demir, lost to Corey Anderson, lost to OS... or beat OSP. Um, you know, he beat Tanner Bozer by split decision. Like, are we serious here? You know, I think getting Olenek here at plus 170 is really good value. And I take him by sub in the first round. I think Latifi's going to gas out, and I think Olenek's going to take advantage of that. Um, usually I won't pick, you know, a 50-year-old fighter, 50-year-old jiu-jitsu fighter. But here I, I, I actually do like that. Um, I, I don't like Latifi. He's got an, a 7-inch reach disadvantage, a 4-inch height disadvantage. Um, you know, he may have the power, the power advantage, but... I, I, you know, he's he's really old. How how long is that going to last? Both of these guys are old, and that's where I think the submission, the submission threat's going to be um, much more important than the power threat. And I think Olenek gets it done. If not the first round, I think he gets it done the second round via submission. Moving on with the card, a fight that I'm really really looking forward to: flyweight matchup, Askar Askarov versus Kai. Don't blame Car France. Askarov minus three sixty, Kai Car France side plus two eighty. Um, I wish they didn't make this matchup for Kai. I really do. I wish they tried to get him, you know, up the rankings a little bit more after his win over Cody Garbrandt. I think Askar Askarov's a really, really good fighter. 
um, Dagestani wrestler, you know, your, your classic. Um, and you look at the last four fights, right? He drew with Brandon Moreno, future champion, beat Tim Elliott, beat Alexandra Pantoja, and beat Joe Benavidez. Those are four really, really good results, right? You draw with Brandon Moreno, yeah, you didn't win, but you still drew with the future champion. Um, so, yeah, you, 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 you know, and, it, and then he won before that, uh, before he got to the UFC. So 4-0-1, oh, and, and the one draw was to a future champion. Um, and then you look at Kai Kaikara France, right? He's a really good boxer, slick boxer, um, but he's three and two in his last five. That's not, you know, elite losses to Brandon Moreno and Brandon Raval. And then you look at the wins, you know, Rodrigo Bontarin, that's a decent win. Nothing crazy, though. Um, you know, uh, Tyson Nam, it's a solid win, but nothing like Joe Benavidez good. Uh, and then he beat Cody Garbrandt, who, you know, at this point, I think I could beat Cody Garbrandt. Uh, if I land a strike on Cody Garbrandt, I think I put him out. Uh, you know, that was a good win. And I, I, we picked him as a plus 220 underdog in that fight. We did. Um, and I made good money on Kai Kara France in that fight. And here I'm going to fade him. Uh, he's got the, the disadvantage in height, but he has the advantage in reach. Um, but I, I don't think that Kai Kara France, and I know he has good takedown defense, but this is a different level. Like, these Dagestani wrestlers, you see them take on guys who have good takedown defense, and they make it look easy. And I think Askarov's going to toy with him to get him to strike. And I think that maybe even Kai Kara France takes the first round, and that's where I'd really live bet Askarov here. Um, I think he gets it done via 29-28 decision. I think he wins rounds two and three, and I think he drowns him out and negates that power that Kai Kara France has for the division because he is scary. I mean, Kai Kara France has really, really good power for this division, and he's, you know, he, he can light you up on the feet, uh, but I just don't think Askarov. I think I don't think Askarov's going to get you know badly hurt, and if he does, I think he's going to be able to take this fight to the mat. And once he realizes he can take Kaikar France down whenever he wants, I think it's going to be you know one of those Dagestani wrestle matches where you can't do anything. You know, he just takes you down, takes you down, takes you down, and his wins are also better than Kaikar France's. You know, the Pantoja wins really impressive. Benavidez, Tim Elliott, Brandon Moreno. Even though he put him to a draw, he didn't win, but he didn't lose. Um, so that's what I'm taking here. I'm taking Askar Askar up by decision. Next fight, featured bout of the evening, uh, Matt the Immortal Brown versus um, Brian Barbarina. I'm going with the Immortal here. Uh, both of these guys are brawlers, and I know Matt Brown's like 45 years old, but he's a legend, and he's fought a ton of guys, and he's seen everything, whereas I don't think Barbarina has. Right? We look at Barbarina, he's lost three of his last five. Look at the guys he's lost to. Don't get me wrong, Vicente Luque and Randy Ruboy Brown, very, very good fighters. But then you lose to Jason Witt. That's a brutal loss. Like, losing to Jason Witt is, you know, not good. Not a good look. Um, and then you look at, you know, a guy like Matthew Immortal Brown, durable as hell. Um, lost to Carlos Condit, lost to Miguel Baeza. Not terrible losses. You know, he's lost to Cowboy. But he beat Diego Sanchez. He's beaten Tim Means. Um, he's, you know, not the most active fighter, but I think he can get you know, he, he, you know, Diego Lima, he knocked out really bad. Uh, ben Saunders, he knocked out really bad. That Diego Lima knockout was disgusting. Um, I actually do like him in this fight here. Uh, he's got a three-inch reach advantage. It's going to be an orthodox fighter in the Immortal versus uh, Southpaw and Barbarina. And Barbarina does put out more. Um, but I think Matt Brown's more well-rounded of a fighter, and I do think he finds a finish here. 
Um, I'm going to go Matt Brown by second round TKO. Uh, I think he's going to be a little bit too much. And Barbarina likes to brawl, and that's the problem. Is I don't think his his you know, I don't think his chin is as good as Matt Brown's. And I know Matt Brown's old, and you know I hate trusting old guys' chins, but uh, I, I think he gets it done here. I think he finishes him. I think they get into a war. I think it's going to be a really, really good fight, and I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, I'm going to go Matt Brown. That's my pick. All right, now moving on to the co-main event of the evening, uh, Alexa Grasso versus Joanne Calderwood, or Joanne Wood now that she's married. Um, I don't know. I mean, Alexa Grasso is minus 240, and JoJo Wood is minus or plus 200. Um, I don't know who to take in this fight. You want me to be completely honest? Um I really even wouldn't... I, I wouldn't touch this fight, if you want to be completely honest. Um, I do think that this goes the full the full 15 minutes. Um, you know, you look look at, you know, Alexa Grasso's last five. Uh, four of them have gone to the decision. Um, and she is, you know, three, three in one of those fights. So I guess I could take her by decision. Uh, I, I do think she gets it done by decision. Uh, you know, you look at... Uh, JoJo Wood, she's lost two of her last five by submission, but then the other ones have gone to the decision, and she's two on one in those. Uh, but you know the the wins coming to Jessica and Andrea Lee. I don't know how much stock I can put into that. I'm gonna go Alexa Grasso. I'm gonna go by decision, but I do think it's gonna be a closer fight than the books and people expect. But yeah, I'm gonna go uh, Alexa Grasso by decision. That's gonna be the pick. And now moving on to the co-main event of the evening, Curtis Razorblades and Chris Dawkins in a heavyweight fight. Blades minus 400, Dawkins plus 310. Four-inch reach advantage for Blades, one-inch of height advantage. Uh, Chris Dawkins is a slick boxer. Uh, you know, we saw that in the Shamil Abdurahimov fight. Um, you know, he's ran, he ran through Alexi Olenek, Rodrigo Nascimento, Parker Porter. He looked really good in those fights. And then he ran into the Black Beast and... Uh, we saw what happened. Chris Dawkins got knocked out cold. Uh, as did Curtis Blades by the Black Beast. Derek Lewis knocked him out both. But you look at the guys Curtis Blades has beaten and fought. He beat up Durahimov. So did Dawkins. But then he also beat JDS, Alexander Volkov, Jarzino Rosenstrike, uh, Alistair Overeem, Mark Hunt, Alexi Olenek. Look at the guys Blades has fought. You know, and his losses. Nganu, Lewis, Nganu. Right? Those are the three losses he's had. Power punchers. Dawkins isn't really a power puncher. I'd say he's more of a... He has power in the hands, but I feel like he's more of a volume type of heavyweight. Kind of like, you know, your Cyril Gunn or your Tom Aspinall, where they're they're throwing more volume at you rather than power. Um, Dawkins, don't get me wrong, has knockout power. He knocks out a lot of people, but it's more of a... It's not really a one-punch kind of knockout, whereas, you know, the, the Nganus and the Lewises are. Um, the pick here, Curtis Blades, all day long. The guy averages seven takedowns per 15 minutes. I mean, how are you not going to take that against a guy who has decent, you know, decent takedown defense in Curtis, Chris Dawkins, but we really haven't seen it tested. He's got the Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, but Curtis Blades has taken down and six, like he took down Alexander Volkov 16 times. Like this is this is not, I think Chris Dawkins hit his ceiling. Uh, I think he should be fighting guys who are ranked like in the top ten, like, like the ten range and the like the, the ten to fifteen range. He should not be fighting Curtis Blades. Um, 
Curtis Blades is like the next level of heavyweight, I think. You know, you saw what he did to Rosenstrike, uh, who I think is a better striker than Chris Dawkins. Um, I, I don't think Chris gets it done. Uh, I don't. I, I think Curtis is just going to ground and pound him in the second round and finish him. That's going to be my prediction. It's a second round TKO for Curtis Blades. Maybe even third. Uh, Dawkins may have some success on the feet, but we see with Curtis Blades, you know, he's an elite heavyweight wrestler, like elite. And I don't think Chris Dawkins is going to have an answer for those takedowns. Um. So, yeah, I'm going to go Curtis Blades here. I think he's going to take him down, mount them, and just start bashing his face in uh, until, you know, the referee puts an end to it. I, I don't see Curtis – or I don't see – Chris being able to stop the takedowns. You know, he may stop one or two, but as Curtis shoots and shoots and shoots, you know, I, I think Chris is just going to get tired. One thing Curtis can't do is shoot nakedly like he did against Derek Lewis, or else he will get knocked out. Uh, against Derek, he didn't set up his takedown at all. He just dove for the legs, and, you know, it was a well-timed uppercut from Derek Lewis, and it put him out cold. Um, but I think he learned from that. He's a smart fighter. He had a good performance against Rosenstrike in his last fight out to show that the, the knockout, you know, didn't phase him like that. And I'd like him to get the job done here again. So Curtis Blades is the official pick. And, uh, yeah, so I'd like to thank you guys for all listening. Uh, if you guys want my official picks, DM uh, my Twitter at UFC underscore Locksmith. Uh, there's plays on there. We're about 53 units in the last three weeks alone. Uh, we look to continue with this weekend. So, yeah, um, thank you guys for listening, and I will see you guys in two weeks, as next week there is no card, sadly. But uh, in two weeks, I will see you guys again. Thank you.